Greetings. Greetings, everyone. Those who are watching and worshiping with us from home want to greet you this morning. Indeed, the presence of God is not limited. Amen? And so we believe that the presence that we're experiencing here, you're also experiencing that presence in your home, in your whatever room you're in, that the presence of God is there. Indeed, the blood, the blood of Jesus makes a difference. Amen. 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 We serve a, an awesome God, and I always take the opportunity to, to continue to, to speak about his goodness, that we serve an almighty God. Amen? A God that we can call on and rely on in all situations. And I want to share a thought this morning, just for a few moments, and I'll be looking at Psalm 63. And so just ask if you could turn your Bibles to Psalm 63. At some point, I'll be reading some verses through Psalm from Psalm 63. And the topic I want to uh, speak on this morning is God supply grace in times of need. God supplies grace in times of need. It's been said many times already, and I would imagine that we have heard this so many times that the times that we are living in at the moment require us to be doing a lot. I don't think or I can recall or remember that we have ever been asked to do so much directly. And they say that these are challenging times. They are unprecedented times. They are tough and unforgiving times. I can't remember government telling us what to do, when to do it in, on some occasions, and even the frequency at which we should do it. I've never heard of anything like this before. No, I'm young, but I'm pretty sure those who are a little bit more advanced in years as well probably would have been saying the same thing. So we are told that you can only go to shop for the essentials. You're allowed to leave your home to seek medical attention. So these are some of the advice that we have been given. You should work from home if you can. You're allowed to leave your home for one form of exercise per day. You remember that one? I was listening to a comedian recently who pointed out, if you're only allowed to leave your home for one form of exercise, does it mean that if you were having a run and you get tired that you can't walk? Because essentially that becomes two forms of exercise. 
I had to chuckle when I, uh, when I heard it. The, the point I'm, I'm making is that we're asked to do a lot. And I believe it's for the right reasons. I do. But when we are asked to give out so much, how can we ensure that we are furnished spiritually, physically, psychologically to ensure that we can carry on, that we can ensure that we don't get burnt out? When we are told to do this and do that, and there's so, so much emphasis on why we should do it, how can we ensure that in these times that we stay replenished? Because we can become tired. It can become unforgiving being given so much commands, so much advice, so much directives. Which one is law? Which one is advice? Which one I can do? Which one I probably shouldn't do? It can become challenging. And when things become overwhelmed, we can easily get tired. And tiredness, I believe, is one of the most underrated negative impact that we have on our bodies. Because there is this emphasis of keep going, carry on, push through. But tiredness can cause and is known to have caused many, many illnesses. When I played sport, our coach would often stress the importance of having stamina. And we did a lot of exercise to build our stamina. And the reason for that is when you're tired, you're more susceptible to making wrong decisions. There is not enough oxygen going to your brain. If you think of a sport like basketball, high energy, high tempo, you're making decisions quickly. When you don't have enough oxygen flowing through your body, you're more prone to make mistakes, to do irrational things, to do things that you'd never have originally done if you're nice and fresh and just entering the court. And similarly, in our lives, when we are tired and overwhelmed and burdened, we can make decisions that ordinarily we wouldn't have made under those stress and burden. Do irrational things. But it is in these times, I believe, that God supplies grace. And Psalm 63, written by David, and some commentators believe that he wrote this psalm when he was fleeing from a soul. Um, some commentators also believe that he wrote it uh, when he was exiled um, in, the, in the time of the rebellion of Absalom. 
However, whichever we look at it, he was in a wilderness. So he took refuge in the wilderness. His life was threatened. He's now responsible for others because on both occasions he had men with him. And he had his life restricted. His freedom, his liberty, had he, knew, had he known it before and enjoyed it before, was taken away from him. You could say it's similar to what we have today. He was restricted in his movements. What he had to do was dependent on the surroundings that he now find himself in. And this is now the background of where he decided to pen Psalm 63. So let's look at how the changes in, in his environment impacted his life. So verse one reads, O God, thou art my God, Early will I seek thee, my soul thirsted for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. We see here David acknowledges God as his God. Thou art my God. He is, is he our God today? Oftentimes we need to make a distinction and it was reasonable for David here to declare that thou art my God because there would have been many idols around. Elohim is my God. He moves on to speak of the fact that early he will seek after his God. So although he's in this wilderness place, he started out first acknowledging that God is his God and he will seek after God. But then he moves into how his souls thirst after God and, he flesh, and his flesh longeth for God in a dry and thirsty land. David simply puts here how he misses God. But is it that God wasn't with him? The impact and the influence of our situation can cause things to appear as they are not. Because he started out by acknowledging that he is his God and he will seek after God early. But then he goes into describing how he longs after God. And I like the fact that he used the word that he thirsts after God because that's something that we all, I imagine, can associate with thirst. And thirst is something that we can't argue away. It has to be satisfied. We can't counsel thirst away. We can't wait and see if it's going to go away. Just hope that 
it will go away. Just, just wait some time. Thirst has to be satisfied. So the fact that he uses that word thirst shows the desperation, shows how much he recognizes that God, it's only you that can satisfy this longingness that I'm feeling, that I'm experiencing, that this situation has caused to come upon me. Brethren, only God can satisfy that feeling that you're experiencing right now. It's easy to try and comfort eat it away. It's easy to try and, 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 and watch movies and, and try and substitute some. It's easy to try. But I am telling you, only God, only the presence of Almighty God can satisfy that longingness. If I tell you that it's actually he, God, has placed that longingness inside of, in, in, inside of us in the first place. So let's not try and substitute anything to satisfy that longingness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How are we feeling today? Are we feeling overwhelmed and restricted? Concerned. It's easy for us to feel this way because of the situation that we are in. It's not a sin to feel that way, I might add. It is to know where to get our satisfaction from that is the key. It's natural for situation to cause us to feel a certain way. But it's how and where we seek our source from that is important. David wanted to be able to see God's glory and his power in the sanctuary. He goes on to say, it's been a long time, many of us hasn't been into the sanctuary. It's been a long time, I personally haven't been in the sanctuary, in the church building. And we may feel that longingness to be in the building again, to come together, to fellowship. It's okay to feel that way. David felt that way. He wanted to get back in the sanctuary. That's how we are. We, our DNA is made up for us to be together, to socialize. So iron sharpened iron. It's not irrational to believe or to think that way. Hallelujah. David realizes and recognizes that even in the absence of the sanctuary, the gathering, it doesn't mean the absence of the presence and power of God. And so even in this time where we are not together physically, 
the presence of God is able and will interact with us the same way and even in a greater way than we were when we were able to gather together. Because God replies to need. So where the need is greater, we have a greater proportion of God's grace and goodness. And that's why Paul was able to say where sin abound, grace much more abound. And so if we are concerned that we aren't together and possibly missing out on something, I'm here to remind us that the greater the need, the greater the glory and the power of God is able to move in our situation. Hallelujah. The greater the need, the greater the power of God is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And say, let us not be too concerned with us not necessarily being together. I long and I pray for the time that we can come and fellowship together again. I do. But let us still remember that the power of God is still able. Is still able. Hallelujah. Verse 3 goes on to talks about how God's loving kindness is better than life. Loving kindness there make reference to God's goodness, his kindness, his faithfulness, his favor, his grace. And David now is saying that God, your loving kindness, your goodness, your faithfulness is better than life. That is an extraordinary statement. Think of the best life you can imagine. God's love, God's goodness, God's grace is better than that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what does this word loving kindness really means? Simply put, it's talking about God's grace, God's goodness. Receiving something that we didn't earn or we didn't work for. It's not on our merit that we had received it. It's based on God's goodness. So despite what David was going through, the threat upon his life, the restriction, he still realizes God is good. God is kind. God is faithful. And God has his favor on him. Hallelujah. God's goodness is still on us, brethren. God's kindness, his favor is still upon us. His loving kindness is better than any form of life that we can imagine. Hallelujah. So let us consider what are the needs that David possibly would have encountered in the wilderness. The obvious areas we can think of, food, Shelter, water, 
But as I mentioned earlier, he had men with him. He had to provide leadership, courage, and motivate these men. What about loneliness? What about exhaustion and tiredness? All these things David would have, would have required in his time. But he quickly acknowledged God to be kind, to be gracious, to be faithful. Brethren, God is kind to us. He's faithful to us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He will provide. He will take us through. He will continue to be with us. Hallelujah. In this time, let us continue as David did, seek after God. God will supply grace in every area that we need it. Whether it's a popular, well-talked about, documented area or something no one else has mentioned and you might believe I'm the only one experiencing this. God sees it and his grace will be supplied. When we look in the New Testament, we often see where God or, or where Jesus demonstrates his goodness often to those who others believe didn't deserve it. You see, because God's grace is not dependent on our goodness. It's not dependent on our faithfulness. It's not dependent on our work, our work ethic. It's his character. It's who he is. Hallelujah. And so oftentimes it puzzled others why he was able to show grace and kindness to those who others may thought that you don't deserve it. But it shows the extent of his love towards us. We recall the man with the withered hand. Hallelujah. It must have been the last day he thought that he would have been healed on the Sabbath day. Because his kindness, his goodness goes beyond tradition and customs. Goes beyond the things that we have heard from when we were a child. It's able to supersede every barrier that has been established. Whether physical or spiritual. It's able to overcome every obstacle that has been set before us. His goodness is able to supersede. Hallelujah. Whatever is placed before it. Because he's God. Hallelujah. So let us look at how David responded to all of this. He goes on to say, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. David then break forth into praise. Remember, he's still in the wilderness. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. He carry on. 
to praise and to bless God. Verse 7, because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. David continued to bless God, to acknowledge him, to give him the glory, the praise that he deserves, even in his time in the wilderness. And the last couple of verses I like. Verse 9 says, But those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be the portion of jackals. David went into a time of prophesying what the outcome will be. Brethren, we have the opportunity to prophesy what the outcome will be. What are we prophesying? Are we signing up to the doom and the gloom? Or are we taking the position David took to prophesy the desired outcome that he believed will happen based on what he has just established before about his God? about how good and kind and gracious his God is. Let us prophesy according to God's goodness, according to God's grace. Let's speak positively, irrespective of the projections that we have heard, irrespective of what has been told to us by the scientists. We acknowledge and we are aware that they are doing the best that they can and they are making the projections based on the information that they have. But can I remind us that we have some information as well. We are aware of God's grace, God's goodness, God's kindness, God's faithfulness. So let our projection be based on that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Guess what, brethren? David didn't die in the wilderness. He came out to reign as king. Hallelujah. David didn't die in the wilderness. I want to say to us this morning, God is still in control. That hasn't changed. Our situations may have changed, but God remained the same. And I want to speak today that we will not die in our situations. We will reign in our situations. We will rejoice in our situation. We will recognize God as God in our situation. We will experience God's goodness in our situation. We will experience God's kindness in our situation. We will experience God's faithfulness in our situation. We'll experience God's love in our situation. We'll experience God's grace in our situation. We'll experience God's healing in our situation. We'll experience God's deliverance in our situation. We will experience God's goodness in our situation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. 
Hallelujah. When I realize that God has already given his best for us, his son Jesus Christ, his best he has already given to us. Hallelujah. Why? Would he not continue to give his best to us? Hallelujah. Brethren, Paul wrote or recorded in 2 Corinthians, I believe it is, I believe it's about verse 9 or thereabout, when he spoke about the thorn in his flesh. And the response that God gave was my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. Hallelujah. Let us hold on to God's grace. Let's hold on to God's grace. Hallelujah. God's grace is still sufficient. He will continue to keep us. He will continue to supply our needs according to his riches in glory. So let us take the position as David is broken down in three main areas. Acknowledge God. Acknowledge him as our God. Elohim, the only God. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid to express your feelings, our feelings about the situation. Hallelujah. Offer praise unto God. But speak God's goodness and God's grace into our situations. Let's remind ourselves of God's goodness, of God's grace on every opportunity that we have. Remember, he is with us. God is with us. He is with us. Hallelujah. He is with us. I believe someone need to hear today that God is with you. Hallelujah. He is with us, brethren. Let us continue to seek after him. Continue to put our trust in him. Continue to look to him in these times. God bless you. God bless you.